Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm Sarah Germain Lilly, and this week's show is about the Queer Liberation March for Black Lives and Against Police Violence. In our show tonight, gun violence prevention news. In memoriam, we remember Brandon Hendricks. Special feature, the Queer Liberation March. And special guest, Liz McGillis, eyewitness, police violence at the march. But first, our latest gun violence prevention news. From the New York Times, it has been nearly a quarter century since New York City experienced as much gun violence in the month of June as it has seen this year. The city logged 125 shootings in the first three months of the year, more than double the number recorded over the same period last year, police data show. Gunmen opened fire during house parties, barbecues, and dice games, and carried out coldly calculated street executions. More than a dozen people have been fatally shot, including a teenager at her college graduation party and a clothing designer who was washing his car. You have to go back to 1996 to have a worse start of June, Michael Lepetri, the chief of crime control strategies, said in an interview on Monday. The rising toll of gun violence has become part of a contentious debate over the future of policing in the wake of mass protests against police brutality. Police unions and their supporters have issued shrill warnings that the city was slipping into a high crime era reminiscent of the early 1990s. Next, from The Trace. On June 17th, about 30 street outreach workers tuned in from around Chicago for a virtual graduation ceremony for the newest class of the Metropolitan Peace Academy, known as Cohort 5. The program offers outreach workers, sometimes known as violence interrupters, training on community wellness, conflict resolution, and how to interact effectively with city agencies. I've lived a life of chaos and confusion most of my life and not until this cohort and being around people that I can relate to did my life start to come into a correct mode where I feel like there's a purpose, said one graduate in a pre-recorded video played during the ceremony. Cohort 5 revitalized who I am, said another. Outreach workers respond to every shooting they can in their community, piecing together what happened in an effort to stop retaliation. Their success relies on the relationships they build with community members, especially the men and women most likely to be involved in gun violence. The workers, who are often former gang members, help residents secure jobs and housing and navigate other needs. During a session in late February, a poster listed the goals of Communities Partnering for Peace, or CP4P, a Chicago citywide gun violence prevention collaborative. Number one, reduce shootings and homicides. Number two, create safe spaces in our communities. And number three, professionalize the field of street outreach. All of the outreach workers attending the academy are employed by CP4P member organizations. And from Richmond, Virginia. 
Virginia's new handgun sales law will be going into effect as planned, reducing the ability of gun traffickers to purchase large numbers of guns and resell them in our inner cities. On Thursday, Virginia Attorney General Mark Herring announced that a judge has denied the gun lobby's attempt to block the one handgun a month law. The Virginia Citizens Defense League, Gun Owners of America, and Gun Owners Foundation are among the plaintiffs in the lawsuit that was filed. Herring called it a large win for public safety in a tweet and continued saying, proud we could successfully defend this common sense law to reduce gun trafficking and keep Virginians safe. The General Assembly had passed the bill along with other gun control measures in April and Governor Ralph Northam promptly signed it into law. I am really pleased that the judge agreed with me today and rejected the gun lobby's attempt to block the one hand gun a month law. Currently, Virginia is one of the easiest states in the country for gun traffickers to purchase large numbers of firearms to resell on the street, and we can't allow that to continue, said Herring. Virginia had a one handgun a month law in effect for nearly 20 years that was extremely successful in keeping firearms out of our communities and out of the hands of dangerous individuals. And now our in memoriam, Brandon Hendricks. In memoriam, tonight we remember Brandon Hendricks, 17, who died at a shooting at a Bronx barbecue on June 28, 2020. Yesterday, a crowd of young men, teenagers, teammates, and schoolmates stood listening to the preacher, staring over a mountain of candles and memorials at the basketball court where they all played and practiced with Brandon. Captain of the basketball team at James Monroe High School, he was headed for college on a basketball scholarship. His uncle described him as the young man you would want your daughter to marry. His last words to his best friend who was with him as he died were, I love you, call my mom. Brandon was one of at least 63 people who died in our city from gun violence over the last weekend of June, an increase of violence nearly three times the number of deaths for the same period in 2019. Brandon Hendricks, rest in power and peace. We remember you. Thanks for listening. Please don't stop with giving your thoughts and prayers for Brandon and his family. Talk to friends and family members about gun safety. Support violence prevention organizations. Support violence interrupters and community outreach members. Support March for Our Lives, Change the Ref, the Brady Campaign, and other gun violence prevention organizations. And you can become a WBAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. Your contribution helps sustain WBAI and gives support for the kind of programming that brings you programs like Radio Gag, where you can hear about concrete ways that you can make a difference in our community. Become a BAI buddy. 
And now for our special report. We are going to hear about getting ready for Pride, getting ready for the Queer Liberation March for Black Lives and Against Police Violence. Attending the Pride Parade and other Pride events has been a part of June for as long as I can remember, and it seemed fitting for me to make participation in this year's Pride my first real venture out into the world after quarantining for three months. Correction. My participation in the Queer Liberation March for Black Lives and Against Police Brutality, organized by our friend gag activist Jay Walker. I headed out to the traditional Gays Against Guns pre-Pride party to make a new t-shirt with the gag logo for the Queer Liberation March. So this is Sarah Lilly and Hi, I'm here at John's house. Nice. Hey. We're all getting ready for Where, the Queer Liberation here? March tomorrow. Here? Mm-hmm. And Lizzie, I want to ask you... How has the COVID-19 affected your activism and what have you been able to do? It's been a charged time. I think being forced to stay inside more often than I would normally would when it comes to uh, activism participation has made me think more about what I can personally do in my own you know, regular actions in my language, in the way that I look at the world, and how that can be right. activism as well. And it's also made me um, kind of go back to my roots and be more artistic in my like expression of activism instead of you know being able to hit the streets and talk to people and stuff like that. It's made me look back at the history of activism and how that's influenced today. Great. I'm here with Sean Stefanik. Hello. And and we are getting ready for Pride tomorrow. So, you know, you know, I realize you and I joined Gag about the same time, mm-hmm. and it has been two years. But meanwhile, you have been uh, you've been doing civil disobedience, and you've been arrested for the first time for civil disobedience, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you feel about that context now? Uh, has that been something that you're going to be doing in the future? Have you been part of the protests? I. I, would, I, I do plan on being part of that again, you know, especially uh, with COVID, uh, you know, really unveiling even more layers of ugliness that guns are a part of in this country from these idiotic, you know, neighborhood armies of men who storm city halls and city capitals and all this stuff. And they're just moronic. It's just moronic. And, uh, and now, I think now is a good time to really get back into it and really mean business. This is a very crucial time. It's an election year. But there, that doesn't mean that we at GAG can't have fun doing it. So, Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad to see the focus of protesting now that is police gun violence. Because yeah. that's a huge percentage of 
people who are injured and die yeah. in gun violence, and a lot of it we do hear about. Yeah, and you know, I, I, re I, I read a, a pretty interesting um, article the other day, actually, about about a lot of uh, men of color creating a militia where Rashard Brooks was killed, and they would show up there with their firearms and their weaponries and their arsenals to keep cops from showing up there. So now I, I'm like, I, you know, you think you see it all when you've been doing this for a few years and you didn't run across that. And I know I didn't. So, you know, I, I, I don't have an answer to that. I'm perplexed, quite frankly. So. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm looking right behind oh, you. Mm -hmm. I'm messaging Gays Against Guns and I see that uh, it's in the red, green, and black. Yes. For Black Lives Matter. Yes. Not a bad look for gay. Not a bad look for gay. Yeah. <laughs> The day of the march, we were singing. Sing Out Louise was on the scene with beautiful harmonies. until the heat made me dizzy. Then I headed home. And later, I learned about the police violence and social media. You are listening to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show, here on listener-sponsored commercial free radio WBAI. We are here every Tuesday evening at 6.30, bringing you the latest in gun violence prevention news. Next up, we have a follow-up to our segment on the Queer Liberation March for Black Lives and Against Police Violence. Liz McGillis, community activist, tells us about her experiences at the march later on in the evening. I'm here this morning with Liz McGillis, and we're talking about the march yesterday, the, the Queer Liberation March, and, and it was a beautiful day, but right at the end, the violence erupted with the police. Can you describe what your experience was and uh, what happened when you were at the march? 
Yeah, absolutely. So the march itself was a beautiful event. I know that the organizers tried to keep the route under wraps because there wasn't a permit. And so to avoid like the police shutting us down like instantly, only like a couple of people knew what the direct route was going to be. And I was a little on edge like as we were marching because I noticed that they were on us right away. Every intersection that we passed, the police would be there just like staring at us with like their arms folded. And after a couple of intersections, organizers and other marchers would kind of go up ahead to meet the police there and just like mimic their layout but facing them. So to be like a barrier between the police and the marchers, which I thought was very smart and very well organized. And so we went over to like the the village to like near Stonewall and then the march kind of branched off. So I know some people went to Stonewall, some people went all the way over to the pier um, and I heard that there was a rally at Washington Square Park and I saw a lot of people going over there. So I went over there myself and there was a rally there. It was really beautiful and really well organized. There was a whole like like kitchen set up for people. If you were hungry, there was plenty of water and snacks and extra masks and hand sanitizer for everyone. It, they had a list of all of the local churches and stuff that had their bathrooms open to us. It was a really beautiful community that they had set up. And there was a stage for speakers just to the left of the arch. So I was there. I sat down and listened to some Black trans women speak and tell their story and how this march is acting them and what it means to them. And I started noticing a lot of people on the stage, like, look over, kind of, like, crane their neck and, like, look over back towards the arch. And I look over, and there had been a bunch of people over there. It was, like, a dance party kind of going on over there. But then I see, like a large crowd kind of like getting jostled. I hear people yelling. I see like what looks like smoke. So one of the organizers, you know, leaps off the stage, runs over there, tries to figure out what happens. A person on the mic says, we need a barrier. Um, So myself and the other white people who were listening to the speakers decide in that moment that we are going to be the barrier to protect the black and brown people who were there listening to the speakers. So we form a ring around them and like link our arms and we're two people deep. Um, And we hold that for about 10 minutes. I see Jay Walker towards the fountain. He's a member of GAG. He was one of the organizers for the march itself. So I tell the people around me, hey, you know, he's going to know what's going on. I'm just going to go talk to him. So we walk over together and get the story that basically the police, you know, had shown up. They were um, circling us for a while. And then it, it felt like out of nowhere, they just, you know, rushed in and, you know, barged into the crowd with their batons out and started beating people up, tried to arrest some people, loading them up into the wagons and uh, use pepper spray. So they had medics, so people were getting their eyes washed out, and they had uh, ice packs for people who got, you know, beat over the head and stuff or pushed to the ground. Um, And then we had reports that there might be the riot police coming. I saw about, like, 20 to 30 bicycle cops in, like, their green reflective vests still on the street. So I waited, and I joined the, the barricade again, 
and we held that until we heard that um that the police had been officially called off that was great so you so were after, talking about the police yeah after i decided to leave the park um i was walking around and i saw the police vans and i hadn't really noticed it before but on the side of the vans they have a slogan of sorts and it's cpr which stands for compassion protection and respect and None of those statements are true for what I saw yesterday or what's been happening to black and trans people ever. That about wraps up our show. To find out more about working with us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us at Gaze Against Guns New York on Facebook and Instagram or Gag No Guns on Twitter. Also, be sure to check out our website and learn more about our gag chapters located nationwide, as in Orlando, L.A., Washington, D.C., Chicago, and San Francisco. Or come to a meeting. You can find information about our meetings on our website, and all are welcome to come to GAG meetings. And another great way to get involved is by becoming a WBAI buddy. A WBAI buddy is someone who keeps our unique volunteer-run radio show going by giving a small donation every month. And really, folks, just a modest monthly contribution can really help keep us on the air here at WBAI to bring you this live show every week. Just go to WBAI.org or call 516-620-3602 and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. So now, it's time to finish the show with our hell yeahs when we celebrate some of our favorite sheroes and heroes of the week. Hell yeah to change the ref. To gag for community's partners for peace. Hell yeah to Jay Walker and the Queer Liberation March for Black Lives and Against Police Violence and hell yeah to community activists like Liz Miguelis. Hell yeah! <laughs> Thanks for listening. And we are back next Tuesday and every Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Hi, this is Mark. I became a Radio Gag BAI buddy because I can count on Radio Gag's weekly shows to keep me informed on what's happening in the gun violence prevention movement. I am a Radio Gag BAI buddy because I don't want to forget about the gun violence epidemic while we're fighting the coronavirus pandemic. Love Radio Gag. Radio Gag every Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. on WBAI. Be our buddy.